Hello everyone, welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world, but also how to travel the world on the cheap. And we have the broke backpacker himself on the show today, and he traveled the world for, you know, anything from 10 to $20 US per day, which is phenomenal. I mean, for us, I mean, we're traveling with the families, obviously our budget's a little bit higher than that. But now, uh, Will, a hat and our guest is actually married, so we're going to find out how his budget has increased since getting married. And about his epic adventure, he's actually traveling all the way from the UK, um, through Europe, into Asia, and then all the way to Papua New Guinea. Uh, so quite an amazing feat. I, 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 I've been following Will for a couple of years. Uh, I found him on his website, and uh, now that we're doing this podcast, uh, definitely uh, very grateful to have him on the show. So Will, um, for the sake of the listeners and viewers, why don't we uh, hear a little bit more about yourself to start off with? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much for having me on, Ricky. Very much appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I've been traveling for about 10 years now. I first started out when I was about 19. Um, hitchhiked across Europe, found myself in India, spent a couple of years in India, bumming around, uh, getting random jobs, working on farms, bars, whatever. I kind of um, became a bit of an expert at traveling with no money because it really wasn't choice. Um, so I've been very, very lucky. I've traveled all over. Currently, I'm in Thailand. Uh, I'm in the middle of a large trip from England to Papua New Guinea, which I originally thought I could do it in like a year and a half, but I think it's going to be more like four years. It's, it's taken its time. I'm enjoying it. I'm still traveling on a relatively tight budget, but it's not quite as tight as it used to be, certainly. Awesome. So uh, Noah, tell us about uh, what made you do this particular adventure. I mean, what made you choose that route? I mean, some people do UK to Africa, some people do like, uh, London, or London to Cairo. What made you choose Papua New Guinea? It's kind of a weird, out-of-the-place uh, country. Any reason why you chose PNG? I think, I think just I was looking at a map, and um, Papua New Guinea seemed to be the furthest that I could get from England whilst going in a kind of straight line. I, I didn't want to go to Australia. Like, you know, England to Australia just doesn't have the same ring to it, whereas Papua New Guinea is somewhere I'd always wanted to go. It's a real wild, rugged landscape where you can go on proper adventures in, into the bush. You can go on, you know, like multi-week-long expeditions, rafting and trekking, and I've always wanted to be able to do more of that. So it's, it seemed like a decent, logical endpoint to finish the adventure and I mean admittedly I have plans that once I got to Papua New Guinea I probably would push on to Australia and New Zealand but for me anyway Papua New Guinea kind of just encapsulated adventure so that's why I wanted to go there. Awesome yeah it's definitely uh, off the beaten track if you want to call that. Tell us about um, you know some of the highlights uh, so far in your travels both in particular in travels overall in terms of cities countries, destinations, experiences, anything that really stands out out of uh, all the countries and uh, you know, places you've visited so far? There's quite a few, to be completely honest with you. Um, I get asked a lot what my favorite countries are, and that's a very difficult question for me to answer, um, but I'm going to try. So Venezuela, which we were chatting about earlier in South America, is one of the most stunning and exciting places I've ever been. I love the Philippines. I've in the Philippines, I went to visit Wang Ud, who is the large last man barber top, which is like a Kalinga tribal tattoo master up in uh, around Sagada, Kalinga area, and that was that was amazing. I'm big into my tattoos, so I kind of like to try and collect traditional tattoos as I move around. Um, I hitchhiked all across Iran, where I met my wife, and that was a really amazing experience. I spent a lot of time trekking in Pakistan. I absolutely love Pakistan. Um, I drove a rickshaw across India, and I'd love to tell you that that was amazing. 
but I'd be lying because it was the most challenging thing I've ever done. However, it was, it was a really unique experience. I look back on it fondly. I would just never, ever, ever do it again. Awesome. Some crazy adventures you've been on. I'm actually in uh, Bogota, Colombia when we're doing this interview and I'm so close to Venezuela and there's obviously a big uh, political uh, mess in that country right now. So we're, we're making that decision. Who knows? We might be there uh, or we might not. We'll decide the next few weeks. So, well, um, you know, uh, you shared about this uh, cool story of you actually meeting your wife while traveling and uh, now your wife's actually with you over there in Thailand. Uh, I would love to hear that story. I think it's phenomenal that you're actually able to meet her. Uh -huh. I'll give, you, I'll give you the story in a nutshell. So we met on Tinder, as many great relationships begin, um, and we met for a coffee, and we had a coffee which kind of like an 11-hour conversation, and then I left, and I went to Kurdistan, and I was thinking, hey, I'm going to go do some trekking in Kurdistan. But it was really, really cold, and it was a lot of snow in Kurdistan, and a lot of the trekking paths I wanted to do were closed. So... I turned around and I figured I'm going to go back to Tehran and I'm going to go and find that attractive Iranian girl I was talking to. So I went and found her and I said, uh, I'm going to be hitchhiking all across Iran. Do you want to come with me? And she said, started hitchhiking, tried to check into a hotel on like the second night or third night. And uh, they tried to call the religious police because in Iran, a like Muslim Iranian woman can't really hang out with like an infidel, which is me. So... Uh, run out of there and a couple of days later I think we'd known each other for about maybe nine or ten days we went and got a temporary Islamic marriage which is definitely a thing even though it doesn't sound like it so we had a one-month marriage um, and we hitchhiked all across Iran and I went to Pakistan then we met each other in, in India and we went back to Pakistan and then eventually went back to Iran where we had another proper like Persian wedding where her whole family was there and we were like hanging out and they were doing all their crazy dancing and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a really great adventure. I've really run, um, Iran is a really, really liberal, really, really educated. It is not what you expect. You know, unfortunately it's a country that is ruled by people from like 500 years ago, but the 99.9% .9 of the population are amazing people and I cannot recommend it enough. So yeah, it's been a really good adventure so far. Awesome. So how's it changed? I mean, obviously now you're no longer the broke backpacker, but you're almost the broke backpackers with the S, plural. Uh, so tell us how, how has life changed on the road uh, with the wife joining you now? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question. I suppose, to be perfectly honest with you, when we, when we met, I was just about making maybe $1,000 a month from my blog without trying very hard. Like I, I had it pretty much on autopilot that I could get about a thousand bucks a month from it. Um, and that meant that my style of travel, I didn't really have to worry about anything because I was used to traveling like a hundred bucks a week. So it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a good time. And then I met her and things changed a little bit because Iranian passport, it makes things very, very difficult and very, very expensive. Like um, it's, it's not easy for her to visit a lot of different countries. So we, we kind of had to bear that difficulty and that expense. And it did change things a lot. You know, like we had to focus more on making money online because if we didn't do that, there was simply no way we could afford to be together. It just, it just wasn't going to happen. So it, it did change things, but it changed things for the better. I mean, I found a real passion for online entrepreneurship, which I didn't really know that I had, to be completely honest with you. I was perfectly happy just bumbling around the globe for the rest of my life. But I found that I'm, you know, I'm, more, I'm really, really interested in 
and more importantly, showing other people how they can make money online as well. Because a bit like you, Ricky, I mean, I'm very, very passionate about people being free from these corporate slavery roles and being able to travel whilst making money. It's pretty much the dream. And interestingly enough, if you put in the work, it's a dream that's achievable for 99% of people. It is, it is doable. So yeah, I've got off on a bit of a tangent there. But in conclusion, it did change things a bit in that we had to work harder than I had had worked before <laughs> but it's been a good journey all the same yeah you know i can relate uh, to some level because actually uh, my background is uh, indian but i'm born in canada so i have a canadian passport and my wife's actually filipino and the filipino passport isn't the best in the world it's probably not as bad as the Indian one but still uh, we've struggled with getting visas all over the place and having limits um uh, to the country visits and it's been a pain so my wife's actually in the process of applying for her canadian passport because she's lived in canada for uh, quite a few years now, so that will make it a lot, lot, lot easier when we both have the same passport. So I can definitely relate to some of your pain there, Will. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad somebody can. <laughs> so, Will, uh, tell us about some of your online ventures. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, you used to make money on the blog uh, solely, and now you've got into more areas of MMO, I call it, making money online. So tell us about uh, some of your different uh, revenue streams. I will. I mean, to be completely honest with you, as I've learned more about the different opportunities online, I have pursued pretty much everything I've come across. And the reason, the reason for that is I'm launching another venture next year, which is called Ditch Your Desk. And this is going to be all about how to ditch your desk and earn money online. So my objective is to have a bunch of case studies, whether they are successes or fails. So I've been having a go at everything. I've been getting stuck into affiliate marketing. I've been getting stuck into fulfilled by Amazon dropshipping. I've been doing quite a lot of cryptocurrency trading, which is like Bitcoin. There's about 300 other different coins as well. I was very lucky in that I got into that at the right time. And that's been, which has given me the opportunity to invest in different things. So I've been playing with a lot of different things recently. I've got about 20 other different websites where I sell advertising for SEO purposes to like big brands, big companies. So I really am trying everything, to be honest. I wouldn't say it's all been successful because it definitely hasn't, but it's been a really interesting learning curve. Yeah, and I mean, uh, part of the journey as an online entrepreneur is to try as many things as possible. Not, you can never ever try everything because there's literally an uh, infinite number of possibilities with making money online. But, uh, uh, and then you see what works, what doesn't. Um, you know, we've covered those topics, some of those topics, like affiliate uh, marketing, FBA. We actually just interviewed Duncan and uh, Heath as well about uh, FBA. We haven't ever covered anyone um, talking about cryptocurrency. So uh, I would love to, for you to do a little bit of a deeper dive. So. What is a cryptocurrency, how does it work, and how can you actually generate income yourself through uh, cryptocurrencies? So the best way to think of cryptocurrency trading is like traditional stock trading apart from on steroids. Because in cryptocurrency, the movements aren't like 1% or 2%. The movements can be like 10 to 500%. I'll give you an example. There's another coin. Our Bitcoin. Bitcoin is generally accepted as the first cryptocurrency. It's the original cryptocurrency. It's the one that most people have heard of. Back in the day, Bitcoin was seven cents. Today, the price of the Bitcoin is about $2,550. That's the one. So that gives wow. you an example of just how steep this upswing has been in the cryptocurrency market. Um, there was a period about a month ago where every day, for three weeks, the cryptocurrency market increased in value by a billion dollars. It's just, it's just been nuts, to be completely honest with you. And if you got in at the right time, there is a lot of money to be made. I certainly did not get in 
at the optimal time. I kind of got in like at the end of a, of a decent period. Um, so Ethereum, which is probably one of the most popular cryptocurrency coins after Bitcoin. When I first started trading Ethereum, it was about four, maybe $5 a coin. And it recently peaked to $350 a coin. So really it is just a case of buying your coins and holding. That's, that's the simplest way to trade cryptocurrency, to see it as an investment. That's a simple way. However, the more complicated way and something that I've been getting into a lot and I really enjoy is day trading. So with that, you try to increase the overall number of coins that you have in each of your positions by, say you buy a coin for $10, you might sell it at $12 and then you might set your rebuy for $10. That way, you're, every time the price pings up and down, you're making 20%. And that, that's the objective. Um, luckily, there is a huge amount of movement in the cryptocurrency market, which means that it's a very exciting time to be involved at the moment. So uh, for those uh, listeners and viewers who are maybe interested in getting into cryptocurrency trading, um, any tips or advice you would give them uh, so they don't make the same mistakes that you have? Yeah, I mean, I think do your, do your research is, is probably the best piece of advice I can give you. There isn't currently a currency trading blog that I can recommend. And that was a project that I really, really, really wanted to take on. But it's such a massive project that I've decided, unfortunately, to steer clear of it for now. However, if people are interested in learning about cryptocurrency, the best thing I can recommend, if you've got no knowledge whatsoever, go to my site and there is a post called What is Cryptocurrency? It will give you a little bit of an overview and it will give you some instructions of how you can get involved from that point. Awesome. I'll actually put a link uh, below if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on iTunes, I'll put a link to that blog post. So make sure you check out that one, uh, What is Cryptocurrency? It's a great topic and uh, definitely something we want to cover more on our show uh, because it is a, a great way for digital nomads to make money while they're traveling. Uh, so uh, you've mentioned uh, your blog a few times on the episode so far. So it's called BrokeBackpack.com. And uh, I love the, you know, kind of the alliteration, Backpacker. Uh, tell us about um, the website. When did you start it? And what are the major themes and topics? I mean, obviously, it is kind of budget travel and uh, traveling the cheap, but uh, give us a, a little bit more of a yeah, deeper sure. dive into your site. So I first started trying to make money out of my site about three years ago. But I mean, well, no, it'd be about two and a half years ago. But full disclosure, I had, a, I had a massive running head start because I already had it and I'd had it for about four years as a hobby. So by the time I started trying to make money out of it, I already knew a fair bit about blogging. I, I just, I had no idea you could make money out of blogging. I didn't know. And then one day I got an email in my inbox and someone was like, we'll pay you a hundred dollars to put a link on your site. And I was like, really? So from that point, I, I kind of realized that maybe there's an income in blogging after all. I looked into it. I learned more about it. And to be honest, I had very little to lose. So I figured, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a whole year of my time and I will try it properly as a career and, and we'll see how we go. And by, by the end of that year, not every month, but a few months, I was cracking, you know, a thousand, maybe $1,500 a month, which was more money than I'd ever earned in my life. So it, it, made, it made it very, very attractive to me to have a proper go at, um, at blogging and I think that my particular niche although there is a few people cheap travel I think there is a lack of information on the internet about how you really can do it very very cheap if you want to I mean 
something that I've always kind of lived by is if you want to do it, go and do it. Just be prepared to be uncomfortable. I mean, I slept rough for years. I hitchhiked for years. I camped out for years. I worked shit jobs in foreign countries for years because it enabled me to be on the road. And that's what I wanted to do. And I think a lot of blogs these days, it's all pictures of luxury hotels and cocktails on the beach. And for the average Joe, for people like me, that is just not accessible. It isn't real. It isn't realistic. So I want to show people that you don't have to be rich to travel. Everybody deserves to travel. And if you're willing to be uncomfortable and you're willing to use your brain and you're willing to use your hands, you can travel. Yeah, you know, I used to be extreme budget traveler before I committed and had kids. Uh, I used to do couch surfing and, uh, you know, sleeping wherever I could. And uh, it was a rough life. I mean, I, I quite like it now where I'm getting, uh, through my blog, I'm getting more sponsors days. And uh, we have a little bit of a bigger budget because both me and my wife produce income. So it's definitely good uh, to not be as broke as we were back then. Uh, but tell us about um, some of the ways um, you can leverage your little money to travel a lot. Because I think um, the biggest objection that people have is lack of money, lack of time. I hear this over and over. And I know that people listening to this right now who have lack of money, lack of time. So that was not an obstacle for you. Tell us uh, some tips, advice for those people yeah, who are broke and want to do what you've done. Admittedly, lack of money and lack of time is a challenging combination. Because I had a lack, well, I had no money, but I had like a lot of time. I had no commitments. So, and that, that was just how I had found myself. Uh, I was supposed to join the army and then I was unable to due to an injury. So I suddenly had no commitments whatsoever and I had no plan. Um, so I kind of got a chance to reinvent myself. But I think if you have no money and no time, my advice would be to just start off by going on adventures that are maybe a little bit closer to you if you're in the philippines for example and you've only got like five days spare it doesn't make sense to go to paris it's it's going to cost you a fortune to get there and it's going to cost you a fortune while you're there you're already in a beautiful country explore your own backyard and i mean i was very lucky whenever i was growing up i spent most of my time in england's national parks which are beautiful most countries do have these beautiful raw wildernesses so if you can't afford to get on a flight somewhere and you don't have enough time to hitchhike because admittedly, you know, hitchhiking, who knows when you're going to get there, then I would suggest just get out in your own backyard. Great tips there. So, uh, Will, uh, you're currently in Thailand and uh, you have this big mission to visit PNG. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about your vision going forward. Uh, where do you tend to go from Thailand and uh, tell us about the next coming months and the next coming years? Okay, so full disclosure. UK to Papua New Guinea is currently paused in India. The reason for that is we got to India and we completely ran out of money. I mean, we'd used up all of my credit cards, all of my overdrafts. I couldn't borrow any money from anybody else. So it was, it was time to sit down and do some work. So that is why we are in Thailand. In September, I'm going back to Pakistan and I'm leading a backpacker tour around Pakistan. And that pretty much saved us financially earlier last year when I was able to take the deposits for it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. That's another side business I've launched is like these exciting backpacker tours to far out destinations. Uh, we're, we're thinking of doing Pakistan, Iran, Burma and Venezuela, actually, funnily enough. So the UK to Papua New Guinea is currently paused in India. I managed to get to India without flying. I spent you know, the whole time driving, hitchhiking, driving my rickshaw. At some point, probably towards the end of next year, I'm planning on returning to India, getting myself a motorbike, taking it up the coast through Myanmar, across Southeast Asia. And then the plan is to build a boat 
and to sail my boat across Indonesia to Papua New Guinea. Once I get to Papua New Guinea, I want to try and cross the whole country by like kayak. So we're going to see how it goes. It's a little way away. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, like it's evolved into something bigger than I ever anticipated it being. When I first set off on this journey, it was, you've got an A, you've got a B, go, off you go. But now I found myself in a position where I've discovered this new passion for working online. I've you know, fallen in love and gotten married, which I didn't anticipate doing. And it plans change. I still intend on getting to my B eventually, but it's no longer a straight line. It's very much a meandering course. <laughs> and you know, travel is no straight line. When we started a journey, we wanted to visit every country in South America. And, all of a sudden, and, and trying to do it over land as well without flying, it is tough. Um, so we got uh, actually from Brazil, uh, you know, to Argentina, Paraguay, Guyana, and we were stuck because we couldn't go over land into Venezuela. So we actually ended up having to fly. And, you know, you just kind of roll with it. There was no, uh, you know, nothing written stone that we need to do everything over land. So we're flexible. I mean, we try to do it online because we love the online journey. And we love just looking at the map and saying, you know, we have conquered that uh, through um, without flying. So is that some of the reasons why you also are trying to do it without flying? Because obviously it would be a lot easier from Thailand to go overland some of the way, just flying to PNG. But uh, tell us about why you feel overlanding without flying is so important. I think, like... Um for me, I was always kind of brought up on these stories of like explorers and adventurers and those guys don't fly, you know, they slog it out. Um, I, I think if you really want to experience all of the different cultures in between England and Papua New Guinea, you cannot fly over them. You, you need to go through them to live there, to meet the people. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to see how cultures would change as I crossed across the world. I wanted to meet as many different people as possible, get a whole bunch of different points of view, change my perceptions that have been fashioned by incorrect media reports and just experience things the way they're supposed to be experienced. When I first went traveling like nine years ago, I didn't have a phone and I miss those days. I really miss them. These days, every backpacker has got a phone. You go into a hostel, you sit down, there's 30 backpackers there. They're all on their phones. No one's talking to each other. I hate it. So I figured that by going to places like Pakistan and Iran, where you get a different type of traveler maybe a little bit older maybe a little bit more experienced people who are more interested in experiencing the culture than taking a picture for instagram i might have a more meaningful experience so that's why i chose to go to those more difficult countries and i can uh, definitely relate on a several fronts here i used to travel a lot as i mentioned earlier pre-marriage and uh, i remember those days uh, in the hostels in europe and the hostels in asia australia when i would just meet people for the sake of meeting people because they weren't glued to their phones they weren't glued to the screens they weren't um you know distracted so i kind of um you know missed those days to some degree i understand obviously phones are a great tool uh, for having like things like google maps helps out a lot and you know obviously emailing social media and uh, just the power of uh, the internet on our phones is so powerful yet I miss that personal one-on-one -on -one connection that we had a lot more pre-phones and pre-internet. 100% I mean I can probably tell you the names of more people who I met when I was traveling without a phone and when phones you know weren't weren't the norm than people I've met in the last five years combined you know like it, you just you just have more opportunities to talk to people like I think that for a lot of people they're on their phone because they feel, and I'm guilty of this sometimes, they're on their phone because they feel some kind of social anxiety 
And by being on your phone, you don't have to interact. You don't have to introduce yourself. You don't have to ask any questions. You're on your phone. That is your barrier. That is your armor. But I think that is a big problem in today's society. And it's something that I personally want to try and get away from. But I would definitely like to comment that I am 100% guilty of that sometimes. So, you know, it's not that easy. <laughs> I'm going to wave, wave my white flag as well. I'm you know, guilty of that too, because uh, sometimes you're just, uh, you talk to someone, but then you're, you're shy or apprehensive, even though, you know, we're kind of helping people, but still, uh, for some reason, we hold back. And when you actually break through of not holding back, that, that's when the connection happens. And you'll be surprised because most people want to connect. It's a deep, innate nature of humans to connect. But for some reason, we choose not to. And it's kind of this weird dichotomy because we are meant to connect. A hundred percent. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So, uh, well, uh, you know, I, you shared a lot about budget backpacking, about making money online. So if people wanted to follow uh, you uh, on uh, social media, on your blog, on your email list, maybe find out about some of your adventure tours. Um, how, what are the, some of the ways that people can connect with you online? The best, the best thing to do, to be honest, is to visit my blog, which is www.thebrokebackpacker.com and to simply sign up to my mailing list. Like I, don't do that much social media anymore, to, to be completely honest with you. I used to do a lot of Snapchat. I used to do a lot of Instagram stories, and I had a really good following on there, and I had a really good response on there. But the, the problem was it meant that I was wandering around my phone all day, and I hated it. So I felt it was really sucking the enjoyment out of my travels. So I've canned it. I still do Instagram, but sporadically. Facebook, even more sporadically. I'm never on Twitter. So if you want to actually stay on top of what I'm doing, I'm a passionate writer. I love to write. I love to write emails. So visit my site and sign up to the email list. That's your best bet. And tell us about the adventure tours. You mentioned uh, you know, Pakistan and uh, a few other yes. places. How can we find out about those? Yeah, go, go to the site again. and there's a, I'll, I'll send you the link and you can pop it in the description. There's, there's a whole post all about it there. You can sign up to the mail list specifically for that one. The first um, adventure tour and the only one that we're running this year is to Pakistan but the plan is to run two more to Pakistan next year and one to Iran next year as well and hopefully we'll expand out to Venezuela and Burma as well you know really cool countries where it's possible to get off the beaten track but it really helps to have local connections and luckily these are all places where I'm quite well connected so you know if, if, you, if you haven't got much time on your hands but you want to go on a real adventure this is kind of the experience for you really. Awesome. So make sure you check, it, uh, check out Will's site. It's called uh, thebrokebackpacker.com. And I'll have links to you know, the cryptocurrency and also to the adventure tours and uh, his social media. Uh, so make sure you connect with Will. Uh, he's definitely willing and able and ready to help you out, live your own uh, broke backpacker adventure. And who knows, it might be you getting married in Iran and traveling the world with your spouse as well. <laughs> yeah, do it. It'll change your life for sure. <laughs> so thanks again for your time today, Will, and uh, happy travels, and I'm sure we'll connect uh, soon again. Thanks, Ricky. I appreciate it. Take care. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. Uh, make sure you follow Will, as I was mentioning. Make sure you follow us as well. We're Digital Nomad Mastery all over the web, digitalnomadmastery.com. Uh, we also are on iTunes, so make sure you leave us a rating and review. We are on YouTube, so uh, subscribe, comment, and share on there. And we'll catch up with you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and a video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.